Well, good morning. It's really great to be with you here at Brompton Road and with those people who are watching online as well. I hope you've had a good summer and uh, perhaps you managed to get away and uh, the tan's beginning to fade or maybe you worked the whole month and it's really frustrating when anybody asks you whether or not you had a nice summer because you spent it in rainy London. But either way, it feels a little bit, like Archie and Sam said, that we're at the beginning of a new term, a new academic term. And at HTB we take a bit of a break over August and our connect groups and teams take a bit of a rest and then we gear back up in September for a new church term. So whether or not you went on holiday, for all of us in some way it feels like the start of a new term. I don't know if you are like me, but when I get back from holiday, I managed to get a week away in August and we went abroad. And all I do, actually, for the last three days while I'm on holiday and then for the six weeks after holiday, is try to book another holiday. I am just sort of spend all my time Googling holidays that I can't afford and thinking, maybe we ought to have another abroad holiday this year before Christmas. It seems reasonable that I have another one. And because of all the Googling, my Instagram feed has become entirely... Mediterranean hotels that I can't afford. Um, actually, that and this purple toothpaste that's going to whiten my teeth. I don't know if anybody else is getting endless purple toothpaste, this magical... Anyway, I didn't book the hotel. I did buy the toothpaste and it doesn't work. But when we're trying to find a rhythm to our lives in London, it can often feel like work and rest are two equal and opposing forces that fight one another. And that kind of comes to the surface at this time of year, at the beginning of a new term, perhaps when we have had a break or if we're going back to work. And if we're trying to find a healthy work-life balance, it seems like one or other of those two things is always putting us off balance. And I want to find a rhythm to my life that is sustainable. I want to get to Christmas without burning out and feeling unwell but still feeling productive and like I've made a difference with my life, like I've been hardworking. And I wonder what it would take for us as a group of people here at HDB to find a healthy rhythm to our lives. The good news is that God wants that for your life. He wants it for our lives. He would like us to find a rhythm where we are rested and at peace and joyful, but also filled with purpose and being productive. God wants that for us. But also, how powerful could that be to the people that you work with? If the thing that stands out about you is that you seem to operate out of this place of rest and peace, that you resist the busyness and the frenetic energy and the water cooler moments where anybody asks you how you are and the only appropriate response is, oh, feeling a bit tired, worn out. What would it look like if that's what we were known for, a group of people who had found a healthy rhythm to our lives. The Bible teaches us that work and rest are both good. It teaches us that work is good. In Genesis 1 verse 26, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And then later, in Genesis 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Work was at the beginning of creation. It wasn't an afterthought or a necessary evil. We were designed and created to do work. It was part of God's plan. It wasn't plan B. So work is good. But also rest is good. In Exodus 20 verses 8 to 11 it says, 
Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God makes it clear that we're meant to be rested. We're meant to find a rhythm to our lives where we operate from a place of rest. So how do me and you bring those two things together? How do we find a rhythm to our lives in London that doesn't lead to us burning out, but also where we're not opting out? Jesus is able to hold those two things together. He can hold together a purpose-filled work that stretches and challenges us and leaves us tired, while also holding us fully rested and at peace. I'm going to read a few verses from Matthew's Gospel where Jesus speaks about how we can find a rhythm and a rest. I'm reading from the Message Translation. I think it's a really beautiful translation of these few verses in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. It says this, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So let's take a look at this, these few verses and see what we can learn that might help me and you find a rhythm to our lives in London, a healthy, sustainable rhythm. First thing I notice from these verses is that Jesus shows us and wants to model to us what a healthy rhythm looks like. If you want to build a healthy rhythm, then we can look at the model, the example that Jesus set for us. In those verses it said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. The key is to follow the way of Jesus, the rhythm of Jesus. And I wonder if you opened up your diary, whether or not you would look at the coming week or the coming few weeks and think, yeah, I've got a healthy rhythm between all the things that I'm trying to balance in there. There's things that will leave me rested, things that will need me, leave me stretched, or whether you look at it with a sense of apprehension thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get through to Christmas and manage to get all these things done without one of the wheels coming off. When God became man and walked on the earth, in the person of Jesus, he showed us how to be human, how to do life well. And Jesus was really intentional about how he spent his time. If you look at Jesus' life in the Gospels, there are a few things that you notice about the rhythm that he put into his life that we can learn. A few things just from looking very quickly. You can see that Jesus' life was filled with purpose. He was incredibly purposeful about how he spent his time. He spent his time teaching, doing miracles, telling parables and advancing the kingdom of heaven, doing what his father had asked him to do. In just three years of public ministry, he totally transformed the world forever. He was filled with purpose, hardworking, got lots done. The second thing you notice is that he sought out friends to do the journey with, and he spent a lot of time with a relatively small group of close friends. And what I notice about this is interesting is he went out and found those friends, 
they didn't just appear. He sort of actively called them and decided to invest in them and do life with them. The third thing I noticed is that he often would withdraw to spend time in prayer on his own. Almost always on his own, he spends time with his father in prayer and worship. And then we also noticed that he socialised, that he went to weddings and he went to dinner parties. It wasn't like he was too busy doing everything else, so he had to cut those things out. He also seemed to have a good time. He had fun with his friends and enjoyed life. And when you think about your life and your rhythm, your calendar, what might you need to stop doing to get a model for your rhythm that looks a bit like Jesus's rhythm? What might you need to start doing more of? What we notice and what's the most pronounced thing I think about Jesus, who was the most productive person who ever existed, was that we never read in the Gospels that he was in a hurry. He seems to operate from this place of rest. We don't see him rushing, panicking or burning out. And we're meant to operate from that place of rest as well. That's why the Sabbath day is the first day of the week, not the last. I remember um, Archie mentioned that I didn't grow up going to church and um, I wasn't a Christian growing up. And I remember becoming a Christian that I would notice that Christians were quite fussy about calling Sunday the first day of the week. It was like quite a noticeable thing. And I thought, well, why are they thinking about that? Like, what difference does that make? But actually, I've come to realise that it's incredibly significant because you're supposed to operate out of a place of rest, not use the Sabbath to recover from the week of work. Because if you do it that way around, you sort of start on about 10 and you end up on about minus 50 at the end of a busy working week. And then you may just get back up to seven and then you end up on minus 60. Whereas if you start and say, right, I've taken my Sabbath and I've started full of peace and rest, then it can deplete slowly over the week. And then you start your week from a place of rest. Sabbath is taken from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it means to stop and delight. It's a day of stopping, resting from work and busyness, resting from worry and taking a deep breath and pausing. Your Sabbath is your weekly resistance to a restless world, to create space to connect with and delight in God, yourself and a few others. And what's interesting is that as well as being a commandment that we're meant to take as seriously as the other Ten Commandments, and sometimes perhaps we don't take taking a day off as seriously as not murdering, is also an active process. Shabbat is a verb, not a noun, which means it's something that we're supposed to do, participate in actively. It doesn't just happen to us, which means that your Sabbath is not a day to do nothing or seeing what happens if you do nothing with your dressing gown on, watching Netflix and seeing the day while away, tempting as it might be. Instead, it's about making choices that are life-giving to you. Take control of your Sabbath and make space in your week to bring life, space that connects you with God and resists the busyness of the world. Turn off your phone, turn off your socials, Walk in the countryside, eat good food, watch a good movie, spend time with good friends. If we're going to build a healthy rhythm to what are usually busy lives in London, the first thing that we can do is model our rhythm on Jesus's rhythm. And the second thing that we can do, and the second thing that we can learn, is that Jesus's rhythm seems to revolve 
around his purpose. His rhythm revolves around his purpose. And I think if you um, could take something away from this talk today, this would be the most helpful thing. And it's quite a small mindset shift, but it can transform the way that we feel about how we spend our time. You may feel as though you're trying desperately to balance working hard and doing well at work, but also finding time to socialise, make some friends, go on a date, perhaps exercising, taking up a hobby. You add kids into the mix and you're taking them to endless birthday parties and gymnastics and ukulele lessons and everything else. And trying to fit all of those things in to a finite amount of time can often lead to you just feeling like a failure and feeling like something is going to slip and that you can't find a balance to all of those things. But Jesus didn't live trying to find a balance to different areas of his life. From what we read about his life, he doesn't seem to try and fit in a few miracles, make sure he had time for dinner with his friends and then squeeze in an hour of prayer in the evening. Instead, we read that Jesus' rhythm, his life, revolved around his purpose. Wherever he was and whatever he was doing, he was building the kingdom of heaven on earth. Bear with me, because I, I realise that you may feel like, how is this going to help me tomorrow when I'm on the tube and don't want to go to work? If you find your purpose in going to work, that you've got to get ahead at work, then if that doesn't go well, you will resent being there. Or... If you're on the tube tomorrow morning and you think where I would really like to be is finally in this heat wave that's come to London in a park somewhere, having spent you know, the last three weeks off in the rain, you'll resent that because your primary purpose is that you either want to be rested or you want to see friends. And your rhythm is revolving around trying to balance work and life. But your purpose and my purpose is exactly the same thing. Our purpose is two things. Firstly, to love and be loved by God. And secondly, to build the kingdom of heaven wherever we might be. So if your primary reason for going to work was to love and be loved by God and to build the kingdom of heaven, then going to work is never taking you away from where you ought to be. Because what if when you went to work, you were going primarily not to earn money or to get ahead, but you're primarily going to work to see if you might have a fresh revelation of how much Jesus loves you. To see if you might bring peace to a colleague's life. That you might play a small part in building the kingdom of heaven in your workplace. Then that day at work is never a distraction from where you ought to be or would rather be. It stops being the thing that is taking you away from something else. And it's instead all part of your purpose. Do you see how it works? Suddenly work and rest stop being opposed to one another. And they're a mechanism for how you fulfill your purpose in life. Purpose in your life isn't self-serving. It's not about trying to find a balance that works for you. Instead, it's focused on something much bigger and much greater. And this is so that we might find peace. It's not because God wants to give us another thing to do to make us feel guilty or to make us not be able to go to the beach instead of going to work. This is so that we find peace in our rhythm, in our day-to-day. -day. And you'll find if you switch your mindset to this, you'll feel much more joyful about going somewhere you don't want to go. I noticed recently that somewhere along the line, I've become really possessive over my life 
and my time. I want to spend my life, my time doing things that make me feel good. I want to spend time with a particular group of people. I want to play that sport at least once a week. I want to work from home on that day because that works for me and it's my time and I need to protect it. And what I felt God reminding me over the last two or three weeks, which I think he's reminding me in order to bring me peace, is it's only my life because he breathes life into it. It's only my time as long as Jesus gives me time. You can look at your time through the eyes of entitlement or through the grace of gratitude. In Psalm 24, it says, The earth belongs to the Lord, and so does everything in it. The world belongs to him, and so do all those who live in it. When we give our time back to God, we're set free from trying to find a balance or a rhythm that works for us. So Jesus models a rhythm that we can emulate. Secondly, we can, if our, perp- our rhythm revolves around our purpose instead of the other way around, we can find a rhythm that works. And then thirdly and finally, faith in Jesus brings ultimate rest. In this passage about rest, Jesus starts quite early by saying, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? he starts by talking about religion. It's so interesting that that's where he would start from. I wonder if he was trying to warn us against the beginning of a new term at HDB and saying, you know, don't join up for the youth team and sign up to help with Alpha and join a new connect group and then you've got to plant that urban forest. You're going to be busy. So just make sure you balance your diary well because you could get to Christmas and resent all the things you've signed up to do at church. You'll be burned out on religion. That isn't what Jesus is saying. He's got a far deeper meaning and purpose to his words. If you look back, actually, just a few verses in Matthew, Jesus has this altercation with the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. And when he's talking about being burned out on religion, he's referring back to the rules of the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. And these Pharisees had created what's called the tradition of the elders, a set of quite comprehensive rules and regulations that Jewish people had to live by that weren't part of the Torah, that weren't part of God's law that had been handed down, but instead were man-made rules and regulations that were applied to people. And the Pharisees would come down really heavy on anybody who contravened or didn't live up to those rules. It was the only way that you could be made right with God, that you could find peace with God, is if you lived up to all of those man-made rules and regulations known as the tradition of the elders. And what's interesting is if you read the Gospels, what Jesus seems to do is he seems to intentionally go out of his way to break the Pharisees' rules. It's like he's trying to pick a fight with them. So there are examples like he picks an ear of corn on the Sabbath day. He meets with the Samaritan woman at the well. He's doing things that contravene their rules. Because Jesus came to say, that that system doesn't work. If you spend your life trying to earn God's love by keeping to rules, trying to prove you're a good person, worrying what people think about you or say about you, it won't lead to life. He said, give that up and come to me instead. I'll show you how to find peace in God, how to be loved by God. It's not through a list of rules or by burning out, trying to live up to some standard and constantly falling short. It's about going directly to Jesus. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
Jesus knew that me and you could never be perfect. We could never live up to that standard. Jesus was the only person who could live a perfect life. And when Jesus died on the cross for each one of us, God took Jesus's perfection and clothed each one of us with it. So now when God sees you, he sees Jesus's perfection. That is what grace is. That even though we mess up and fall short, God has dealt with us and clothes us in righteousness. And Jesus is saying that that way of life is a life of peace and rest. Resting and trusting in God's goodness, knowing deep down that he loves you and wants the best for you. And it's out of this ongoing relationship with God through what Jesus has done that we can come to know peace. Living your life in step with Jesus is how you find a rhythm that works. And so I wonder before the kids go back to school and before work gets busy again and you book your diary up with endless things, might we start today in finding our peace and our rest in Jesus. Knowing firstly that we are loved, that Jesus' love meets our greatest need, that we are forgiven, set free, and that we don't need to fret. We don't need to earn his love. And we can exhale. And from that place of knowing that we are perfectly loved, out of that place of joy and peace and rest, we can go forward to build God's kingdom. Amen. Should we, should we pray? Should we stand and pray?